This is L.A. Court Report, covering Southern California's boys' high school basketball scene, going to games, running events, hosting Zoom conversations, and now, the podcast. This is the L.A. Court Report podcast. I'm Steve Wax with Brad Enright, and our guest tonight is Birmingham Charter High School head coach, Nick Halleck, coach of the 2017 City Champs. Coach Halleck, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Coach, you're a City Champ. You've sent players to the collegiate level, but I remember when you were the coach at Monroe High and you had a whole lot less talent, you had a whole lot less resources than what you have now. Can you talk about what you learned as a coach without a lot of resources and a lot without a lot behind your program? I learned a lot of things at Monroe. I, I came from Chaminade. So if you can imagine going from like, you know, Chaminade to Monroe, uh, the first thing I learned was, you know, I wasn't in Kansas anymore. Right. I remember trying to like have these different ideas of things I wanted to do. And someone actually said that I can't remember who it was that was there. And they're like, listen, this isn't the Southern section. Like, this is LA city and you're not going to get this and you're not going to get that. And, and so it really taught me, um, it taught me uh, a lot about, about the, the background of coaching, as far as like the stuff you have to do that people don't think about the scheduling and the fundraising and um, you know, ordering jerseys and all that kind of stuff. You know, I had no idea how any of that worked because as an assistant, you don't do it right. You just, you, you, you might, your head coach might say, Hey, like this jacket or that jacket. Right. And you point to one, but you don't know the process to getting that stuff. Um, and it did also teach me a lot about picking a place where, where, uh, you know, just your program is important to the school. Um, and, you know, at the time, I don't, I don't know that basketball was, was very important to Monroe. Um, and, that was something that for my next job, I remember just saying to myself, I want to go somewhere where, where at least, at least even if they, even if basketball isn't, they're not a basketball school, they at least want to be right. Or they, or they want to be better than where they're at. And you know, that, that was something I learned from there. That makes a lot of sense. What about the on the court coaching, the X's and O's? (sighs) The X's and O's. um, (laughs) I learned that you could, you can have the best X's and O's, but they have to make shots, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but, but I'll say this, you know, it's funny that Monroe team, we played Somar and I, I, I got kicked out of the game before uh, at Shamanad tournament. Um, I believe is is Marv, right? He's, he's the, he's like the, the head honcho, right? The godfather of the referees. And he, you know, he suspended, you know, I get suspended for the next game. And uh, my assistant at the time had to coach it. And man, I'm, you know, he's, they're texting me. Everyone's, we're, 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 we're beating Silmar, you know, at the, I mean, we're, we're like, we're, you know, we're, we're hanging with them. And what we used was a, a two, or a two, two, one that I've been using for a while now. Um, but with that group, I just kind of used it to slow people down. You know, I wasn't expecting turnovers. I wasn't expecting any of that. I was just trying to, you know, eat some clock up, make guys have to think, and the, what translated that literally that same thing when I took over at Birmingham, 
I, I took over in the middle of a year as interim coach and where we, we got killed by El Camino. I mean, they, it was my first game. It was, I think 45, maybe 50. It was awful. Right. It was there. And then the next game is Taft at home. Right. So you just took over your kids are just like, they're, they're, they all, half of them wanted to quit because it's a new coach all of a sudden in the middle of the year, even though I was an assistant on the staff, it was just a new voice. They didn't like it. I put that same two, two, one in, in between the, the, the day practice in between. And I told him that same thing. Look, we're just trying to slow Chris Yanku down. You know, we're trying to keep everything in front of us. We're not going to go for steals. We're not going to do this. And if you make it a game, you know, we'll have a chance. And we, we snapped Taft's 81 game win streak in that game. Like we, that was, um, you know, D- Derek Taylor wasn't coaching then, but they still had that streak going. And I remember like going, wow, I can't believe it. It looked so much better because the talent level was a little higher. I had, I had a very good point guard. I had, I had some, a little bit of size, had more length, I had some athleticism. And it showed me that some of the stuff I was doing at Monroe actually would, would maybe it'll work. Like you try it again, just cause it didn't work with those kids. Maybe it'll work with these kids. And, you know, I actually, there's some things I still to this day use from Monroe that necessarily didn't pan out too well then. So I once had a friend take over a really, really low level program. And he said, I'm not really sure what to run because I have kids who can't really shoot it. They can't really bounce it. They can't pass and they can't cut. What am I supposed to do? What advice do you have for that person? Play really good defense. (laughs) Uh, Play really, I know in in all honesty, right? Like, you know, you got to find and, and go find hopefully a kid and, that can shoot or that can do those things that that can't do or, or teach them to focus on the one thing you think they might be able to pick up and work on that and, and really defend. Um, but, you know, we had, it's funny cause I, we had a couple kids at Monroe who actually transferred to the West Valley league um, before I moved over to Birmingham. Um, and they weren't, they weren't bad. You know, it was just one of those things that again, like I said, basketball got has gotten so, has gotten to the point where kids are playing so much and they're really into it that you can't be casual. You can't be a casual, like, Oh, I just want to do this. And I want to do that. You have to say, I'm, I'm going to commit to it. And if they commit to it, they'll get better. So just focus on defense. That's what I would, that's what I would do. I think that's great advice. Now, moving from your time at Monroe to Birmingham in individual conversations, you've mentioned the charter status of Birmingham gives you some bells and whistles that many other public schools don't have. Can you talk about the uniqueness of being in a charter situation, but still in the city section? It, it, at times, um, I think people are, are amazed when they come in, especially when you play like, like private schools, you know, when you get a, when you get a private school that comes in or, and you can see the look on, on other public schools, kids faces when they come in in our gym. Um, It just gives, it, it just really what a charter school from my perspective, I was on the board. Um, you know, our community, our board is is made up of people that went to Birmingham, or they taught at Birmingham, or their kids go to Birmingham. So everything is about the kids. Every every you know, making the gym beautiful and and making the gym. We want to make the the gym one of the best gyms in the valley. We want our football field to be one of the best football fields in the valley. We want all these things to be the best for for the kids to use it. And so when they come to Birmingham, they feel good about where they're at, 
and they feel like they, you know, that we're putting everything into them. And it gives us, I, I don't think, unfortunately, I know for a fact that other schools, they can't do that. They would want to, and they do their best. Um, but it, it definitely gives you an advantage, you know, because when a parent is touring a campus or, or you know, a, a kid is thinking about where they want to go, or they come to a game at Birmingham and they see, you know, they see the kids' faces on the scoreboard, you know, that's, you know, that's something that hey, I want my, I want my face on the scoreboard. And, and I, I've actually started to see kids that were coming to our games come to Birmingham. You know what I mean? Like when they were little kids and now they're showing up. So that's, that's what I really think the, the big advantage is. You're known as a coach who lets his capable players go out and make the plays that they are able to make. So as a coach, how do you balance freedom and structure with your players? Uh, you know, I, I've, I've, to be honest, I'm, I'm still getting, I think, better at, at, you know, adding more structure in. Um, but I've always, I've had conversations with my former high school coach, Coach Bennett. And, there, you know, we had a guy at, at our school um, named Stan Fletcher when I was in, a freshman. And, man, Stanley Fletcher was as good as anybody you want to name. Like if you name a guy in high school, Stan Fletcher was, was as good as that. You know, he was athletic, he was fast, he could shoot. Um, and coach Bennett always said to me, like, you know, I did stand a disservice. I held him back. You know, I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, control too much and I should have just let Stan, Stan do, Stan do his thing because he was amazing. And so during that season, one of these seasons where I, you know, we weren't super good. It was before we got pretty good. I had a kid named uh, Emery Marquez and, and coach Bennett came to that game. He came to a game against El Camino and I was running a ton of ball screens for Emery. Cause I really, at the time he was the most capable kid. And, you know, he had games where he scored 40, scored 37, you know, and if he didn't score, we were, we had no chance. Right. And I thought that coach Bennett was a very, was a movers and blockers, you know, 10 pass, you know, old school kind of, you know, kind of guy. Right. And after the game, he was like, man, that's some good stuff. Now my, keep in mind, we got blown. We got blew out. We were at El Camino. They killed, kicked our, kicked our tails. Right. And, and uh, he goes, that's good stuff. Listen, when you get more talent, keep doing that. Like, don't, don't think it's not working because of, you know, you, it's not working because you don't have enough because everybody knows that that kid's your best kid and they're going to trap him and he's getting tired. He's about wait till you have more talent. And, and so, you know, I tried to find things that, especially with that 2017 group there, I'd be, people would be surprised to know how much structure we had. We had a lot of structure. It just, they had a lot of freedom. The, it's, it's a, it was an equal, it was a 50, 50, there's 50% structure, 50% freedom. And, and they thrived with it. Speaking of ball screens, where do you like to set ball screens? Do you prefer the elbow pick and roll like in the pros or do you prefer it higher? Uh, in high school, I think it's, it's all based on how they're playing it. Um, the flat ball screen in high school, I think is really troublesome for people. Um, when, when we, we've used a, a, an inverted ball screen where there's a guy facing the basket and a guy facing the other basket and we can call that play five times in a row and we might get a bucket a different way five, five times in a row. Um, typically I like continuity ball screen offense, um, which means your, most of your ball screens are going to come kind of, you know, closer to that wing area. 
Um, but again, it's all really relative on how they're playing you. Um, but, but the kids, you know, the best part about ball screen offense is the kids like it. Like they, they enjoy it. They, they, and you can kind of use players that might not be great ball handlers, but they can do other things. Um, at the time in high school, Mark Bolin was one of those guys. Right. Um, and he was a kid who he came to trials. He couldn't make a layup. Like I, I tell people about him all the time. He, he shot a layup and it hit the backboard and it rolled all the way to half court. Right. And, but he was six foot one and he was a ninth grader and he, you couldn't kick him out. You'd have to kick him out of the gym. He would stay and practice and practice the end of his freshman year. He scored like 32 points in a freshman game against Chatsworth. And because of necessity at the time, the next season, I put him on varsity, right? Put him on varsity because my coach, uh, Ray Colson at the time, the assistant coach, he's like, listen, man, he rebounds and he hustles. Like, so what if he doesn't do anything else? Like we need, we need that on varsity right now. We need it. And so he ends up making the varsity team. We play against Silmar. It goes into like triple overtime. And he scores like the last 15 points in that game. And then after that, you couldn't stop him from shooting, right? And so in that ball screen offense, Mark was Mark was setting ball screens for Devontae or for Deshaun or for Devonair Dutrieve. And now it made coaches, it took them, they could not double team that ball screen. They could not, there's certain things defensively they would not be able to do because Bolin was setting the screen because he could shoot. And he could finish. So if you if he rolled, he could finish. Or if you close him out, he could go dunk on you. Or he's and if you and if you shot it, he might make eight out of 14 threes like he like he did against Taft one night. So um, I really think in, in terms of that, you know, personnel is a big uh, plays a lot in it. But, you know, he liked setting screens and he got good at it because he knew I'm setting the screen for Devante. Everyone's going to go with Devante. I'm just going to catch it and shoot it. So. Uh, I think it's really personnel based and luckily we've had some, some good, pretty good players. And Mark might actually be the most famous right now. <laughs> you know what? He might be, he might be, he, he's, he's, I don't, I tried to, I, I tried to see if he has a Twitter or something. He should be capitalizing off of his fame right now. Uh, but uh, he's at, he's at Lincoln University. Uh, I don't know if it's university of Lincoln or it's in Missouri. It's division two uh, historical black college. Um, and he's over there and he's playing. So you know, he did a good job. Switching gears for a minute. What's the most difficult lesson you've learned as a coach? Oh man, there's been so many. That was probably, you know, out of all the questions trying to prepare for that was, that's been the most difficult one um, because you just don't know where to pinpoint it. I would say I've, the biggest lesson I've learned is the importance and the value of relationships um, I mean, just even, even this, right? Like I remember meeting you as when I was a coach, the first time I met you, I was at Monroe. And then later on, you're at Fairfax. You're like literally part of the evil empire for me. <laughs> right. And then, and then here you are in a totally different role and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And it's very easy to like, forget when you're competitive. Um, when I'm very competitive. Right. So it's very easy. And I, and I think my personality comes off uh, quite different than I actually am, right? Like it comes off like maybe I'm a jerk in a way or, or whatever, what have you. And I've, I've tried to learn that, you know, relationships matter. That, that's been the biggest thing I've learned as a coach, not just relationships with, you know, your kids. I mean, that's probably 
shouldn't even have to be stated, right? But relationships with your principal, relationships with the teachers at school, um, relationships with the kids' parents, with, you know, referees. Um, you know, it took me a little time. I thought I was just going to just bully these guys, you know, when I first started, start, started working. And as I've come to know them and respect them more, they've come to know me and respect me more and things have gotten better. So I think the, the, the biggest lesson I've learned is to, you know, just, just keep in mind that you never know where somebody's going to be down the road and, and, you know, just treat everybody, you know, well, because relationships matter. And speaking of those Fairfax Birmingham games, I do remember watching film trying to prep. And I don't think I've ever seen a player as fast north south as Devontae was. I, I actually said, I think I left the video on fast forward a few times <laughs> because I'm like, there's no way some player can get baseline oh, to baseline that quickly. Amazing. We would do some fun. We, we, our practices were by the time their senior year came. Cause I think we played you guys their junior year in like a consolation game. Right. So by the time the senior year came, I, I was basically uh, bribing them to practice really hard. Right. And the bribe was if we can get through everything I want to get through, we'll be out of here in an hour and 15 minutes, hour, hour and 20 hour 30 max. And man, these kids would, I mean, Devontae, like if you were doing a fast break drill, you're doing a transition drill, I would sometimes just go, Jesus, like we just do it. Maybe we do it one time. It was so good that you didn't have to do it again, you know, and he would cover so much ground off of a rebound. And he was one of those kids that he knew he was so much faster without the ball. And so sometimes he would pass it in only to run ahead of you. Like he would give it to you knowing that he's going to get ahead of you and he's going to get it back. He was really good at that. So like I said, that sometimes, and, and the good thing is, you know, we've been able to, we've been able to be pretty fast for the most part, but that was just a, a different level of speed. It's been said that the sign of a good boss is that when he doesn't show up for work, everything runs smoothly. So last season you were sick <laughs> for the Mayfair game. Now that so was upset. also, that I'm was still in mad January. about that. Do we think that maybe that sickness you had might have been? I look. So I don't remember exactly when that was. It was either January or February ish. It was. I know it was. Um, a lot of the kids were getting sick, and I have. I usually typically, I you know, I'll catch a little cold here or there. You know, you're coaching. You're around a lot of people. I've never been so sick that I was missing practices, missing games, and that game. We had played Josh Christopher. Um, a couple years back in the Compton Magic, uh, is it fall or summer league? I think it was a summer league. It could have been fall. And um, we played him a couple times and he was real, obviously he's really talented, right? And so I was looking forward to that game uh, because those games, I, the kids really get up for them and they're just fun, you know? I mean, I think that's been a, a blessing about being at Birmingham as well. We've been able to schedule like really competitive games. Like I'm watching these games, you know, we've, Everybody here, I've seen them or coached against them at least once. And I was so sick. I definitely, looking back, feel like it, it was a possibility. I had trouble breathing. I was, it was a terrible, like I had a terrible fever. I would, I would get tired just going to the fridge. Like it was, it was awful. And um, I was, I remember telling, telling Bankhead, hey, look, man, I'm not going to make it. Like I'm going to be at the house good luck, you know, like, and, uh, but the good thing I know 
uh, and I, I felt good about one thing and one thing only was that uh, my kids, if it was a game where I thought they should have win, like, like a hundred percent, like one of those games where, you know, like, you know, you look at the schedule, like, Hey, this should be a game. We shouldn't have too many problems with. I would have been worried then because sometimes they can, you know, kids can look across and go, Oh, they're not that good. And then, you know, they get caught by somebody. Right. If they're playing Sierra Canyon or they're playing Josh Christopher, if they're playing some kid that has a following or he's really good, they're going to, they're gamers. They're going to get up for him. So I, I, I felt comfortable with that. But it was nerve wracking, man, just not being able to be there. Um, I, I don't know how I was keeping up. I, I believe I was keeping up on possibly on Twitter. That's that's possibly how I was keeping up with scores and, you know, people texting me updates. Um, but when I finally got to watch the game, I was really proud. Um, I was proud from the perspective of it, it was obviously a showcase game. And you could if you watch the game, you know what I mean. Right. It wasn't it had an intensity about it, but it also had like a like a like almost like they were just there. Right. And, but I was happy with how they handled themselves. Obviously David making that shot was real big for him. Uh, but man, I, I still, I've always wanted to play in that. Like I wanted to coach in, in that event. And so we finally get invited. I went to the the thing that, you know, coach Katani throws the, the, the thing in Torrance, this bar I've never heard of. It was just amazing. Right. So I was so excited to, to coach that game and Ah, I hope hope we can go back. Hope Katani listens and he invites us back when when you know things are better. I'll be sure to make sure he uh, gets to hear this. The <laughs> yeah, audio. yeah. And speaking of intense games, can you talk about the experience of going up against a former mentor of yours, Todd Wolfson, when you went head to head in the state tournament? Yeah, that was uh, you know, when the brackets came out, it was pretty clear that that was a good chance of happening, um, and. You know, it, it's one of those things where Todd is a really, really nice guy, like, right? Like, and he presents like a nice guy. But at the end of the day, man, he wants to kick your tail. Like, he doesn't, like, I remember he played us at Monroe. He, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll bring Shamanad over, you know, like, it was like a fall league game or whatever. And he, and Jared Martin was like a freshman. And man, he, I mean, he killed, he just put it on us. Right. And I'm thinking, man, Todd, like, I'm your, I'm your guy. Like I just sat on the bench with you, like, you know, show a little mercy. So I, I knew it was going to be tough. His teams are really well coached. I was actually not scouting them, but I was supporting him while he was on his playoff run. So I went to a couple of his, I went to his game against La Yada. I went to the game uh, against Santa Clarita Christian. And I knew we were going to be up against it. Um, but you know, and trying to trying to show that in film um, in the short turnaround that, you know, you're in San Diego and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're back up here. Um, it, it was tough to just get our kids to kind of understand, listen, guys, I know <laughs> you don't, you're going to look at them and you're going to think, okay, only maybe one or two of them can play, but they all can play. They share it. Um, but it's fun. It was, it was a fun experience to, to see where we've gotten to to where we've been in state. Uh, I think we were in state like four years in a row or something like that. And, you know, we've won a game, we've advanced every time. Um, so we were, you know, we were looking forward to advancing that night as well. So we didn't, we didn't get it done. You know, we left some, left a lot, you know, a bad taste in our mouth and we haven't gotten a, gotten a chance to get it out yet. So I'm looking forward to hopefully I'm trying to schedule We're trying to schedule right now. I said, I, I sent them a text, run it back <laughs> and I put the date <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, we're trying to work on it right now. And what's interesting is that St. Francis game you played, 
Yeah. The previous game, you played at Poway. So you had to play at Poway and then go yeah. up to St. Francis. Can you talk a little about that? We're used to it, to be 100% honest with you. Uh, the only home state playoff game we've gotten so far was Harvard-Westlake. And that was a big deal for me and our program because that was – and I literally told them, hey, we haven't gotten a home game ever. But you remember that year with Coloco and, and Dutri and, and Devin Ayer, we were like a 14 seed. We went to St. Augustine. Then we went to Crenshaw. Then we went to Brentwood. And then we lost at um, Crossroads. So we were on the road the entire time. So we were familiar. I think it was an advantage. We were really familiar with going to play in San Diego. We knew what time we should leave. We stayed at the same hotel we, when we played St. Augustine. I knew where to go get some food. Kids knew where to get food. It was really, we were really pretty familiar. Um, I had never been to Poway and we didn't know where that was. And we really weren't concerned with where we were just like, we're going to stay in the same place. Cause it worked out last time. And, um, and it was, it's funny. If you look at those two teams, you would think they were similar. Like if you, if you look at them on max preps and you kind of look at them played very differently though, they, they were, they were, they had a kid um, that they kind of just let go, you know, and he could shoot whenever he wanted to and stuff like that. So it was very, it was different. Um, but, but transitioning to playing somebody that you don't know much about to someone, you know, a lot about, um, it was, it was very, it was very different in the, in terms of, you know, I was the guys on, on the, the Poway kids on tape looked one way, but when we got there, it was, they were very different and St. Francis, I saw them live, you know, I, I, I knew them, you know, I knew, you know, what things they were going to try to do and. Um, so from that perspective, it was, you know, not too big of an adjustment, but. Nick, next time you have a game in San Diego, let me know. San Augustine's and Poway are nowhere near. <laughs> you know where we stayed? I'll tell you where we stayed. We stayed at, you know, we stayed in this hotel in Old Town. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah. it's, it's yeah. like. You know, and, and, and really, again, it was, it's, you know, you get comfortable. Like, I just liked that whole, it was like the hotel was nice. They give the kids breakfast. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what, where the game is, it's not going to matter because we're either going to be happy or sad afterwards. And we stayed, I think it's Mission Bay, right? Is that, is that's yeah. kind of, it's near Mission Bay, um, yeah. Old Town. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, so we stayed there and it worked out so far. I'm two and oh down there. I'm a, I'm gonna go right where if we get okay. down there again, I'm going to old town. <laughs> yeah. You, you need to keep doing that, but I'm just saying, I mean, yeah, no, they were nowhere near each other. And Saints are nowhere, near each nowhere, other. nowhere, no way. It was, it was, I mean, I think St. Augustine's more South, right? It's like, ways it's yeah, like south is, yeah poway poway was like we had to actually drive a decent amount of time from where we were to get to poway i remember it's that. inland north county oh yeah 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 so but it was uh it was fun man it's fun going down to san diego they got a lot of good a lot of good talent down there yeah, you win every time you come down here so <laughs> i wasn't that man i went to san diego state for a, a team camp and we got our teeth kicked in i mean whew, that was so every time I've had to go to San Diego, I'm like, oh man, like the I, level I, of the, the level of talent in San Diego the last six, seven years has dramatically improved. Right. Basketball has gotten better as the Aztecs have gotten better. Yeah. Ball has become a little bit more of a priority with some schools. It's not right, right. all baseball city anymore, basketball. 
has become, you know, a lot more popular and we've had some good, you know, we've had, I think in the last 10 years, I think we've had seven or eight teams from San Diego either play for win a state championship since 2010. So, yeah, you know, they had that, they had that team with Tyshawn Cherry that came up here and beat, um, beat, uh, uh, um, God, what are, Sierra Canyon, right? Remember they, they upset Sierra Canyon one year. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, and, and Torrey Pines is always like loaded, you know? Um, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with some of the teams down there. I try to follow basketball as, everywhere in California as much as I can. So, yeah. uh, I just didn't know the geography. <laughs> yeah. yeah Let's time you do that. Just let me know. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where to go. For sure. For sure. Your commute will be like from old town. <laughs> and I think the most important thing to say is it makes sense that you stay up on all of California because we expect you to be taking your team to state just about every year. We can't thank you enough for your time. We can't thank you enough for your wisdom and we wish you the absolute best. Appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for the kind words and man, I really actually hope to see you in a court in a, in a, in a gym sometime soon, man. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait to get back to it. Thank you for tuning in to the L.A. Court Report podcast, an L.A. Court Report production. 